The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers! So what are we drinking today, my love? So we're drinking something called, uh, by one of our listeners that sent it in to us, Wet Messy Me, uh, sent in a drink called Bee's Knees. The Bee's Knees. Yeah. So it's gin, lemon juice, and honey syrup. Sounds simple enough. So basically honey simple syrup is what I made, real lemon juice, and I use Hendrix because I thought the floral part would go well with the honey because the honey's clover honey. This reminds me of a gin sour. Yeah, it could be. Close. Yeah. But the honey will make a difference. Pretty enough. Wow. And that has a lot of honey in it. Yeah, it's a gin sour. Yeah, totally. That's what it tastes like. Yeah. And I put a lot of honey. Well, honey is not as sweet as sugar. Yeah, so that's, that's that to me is right on the border of tartness, mm-hmm. but clean. Yeah, you know, it's not foo foo like a like a lemon drop. No, no, no. Now this is on the edge of not drinkable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's right. Those it's lemons right were... on the edge. Sharp, yeah. But it's essentially a gin sour. Yeah. Just sweetened with honey rather than some yeah, sugar. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So maybe with more sugar next time, I'd add more. Well, I think, you know what I think? You know, whenever you use fresh lemons, the sourness is going to vary. So you have to, know, you have to, you have to adjust it. Yeah, I think so too. So you have to taste it as you go and decide if that's sweet enough or not. And then, you know, it may be sweet enough for you, but the next person may decide it's not well, sweet Well, and over enough. there it tastes sweet enough. Right. But in the glass... Yeah, no, I think I like it. Potentially a great drink. Thank you, Wet Messy Me. So chapter seven. Chapter seven. So we're halfway through. Pretty much halfway through the book, yeah. Yeah. Short chapter. Another one. Yeah, they're all short. Yeah. It's easy reader. Yeah, interesting chapter. You know, it's like there's this sense now that the relationship that they have is more established. Yeah. Because the way that they interact occurs in a context of not courting. They're sort of in a, like in a day. They have a regular, yeah, schedule. Yeah. So the chapter opens with a conversation about him grabbing her by the hair in the middle of the night and telling her to talk. And 
there's a conversation about a, this other character. Yeah, Derek O'Teague. Derek, Derek O'Teague, who potentially is somebody she might be seeing. It comes out later that she has been seeing. Mm-hmm. And she thinks it's about him, but really he's just getting her to babble. Just chit-chat. Yeah, and I was taken by it just like when my kids were little, having them babble around me while I'm dozing or napping is very soothing, which then lends itself again. It's another example of his desire for the big little situation because he craves those things. It sort of describes them in a context of a dynamic, which is a big little dynamic. Yeah, really. Yeah, and then it's further explained or elaborated on when she wakes up to him essentially examining peering and examining at her vagina. Yeah. Yeah. And treating it like it's sort of an object, you know, like she's just, just she's just an object. Exactly. Yeah. And she questions it because, you know, her her one of her strifes, if you will, was that she struggles with not being the beauty that he claims all his other loves have been. Right. And then he makes note and kind of just offhandedly says, I'm just checking you out to see if you're beautiful sexually. Yes. And he goes, and you are. And she's kind of like, there's well, a there's a thrill with that. Yes. But because she's being objectified also, she yeah. says, the way they write it is that she says, I'm pleased by the humiliation right. of the moment. But I think she's thrilled that he sees her that way. Yeah, finds her sexual. But but what she doesn't understand is she says, I can't even see those parts. I don't even know what they look like myself. Yeah. And it really shows the time when women don't know what their own junk looks like. Well, it's more than that. You know, there's this whole conversation in this chapter about her using her period to push him oh, off. Oh, yeah, that's and laughable. Then, it is. And then and he's like, no, 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 I'm going to fuck you anyway, you know. And yeah, women do use that card all the time. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it hasn't changed in hundreds of years. Right. And women like to espouse all these things. And I think from time to time and woman to woman, there are certain things. If a woman has endometriosis or different things, right. there are issues with pain. And there's always an issue if you have pain with intercourse yeah. there could be some other in, an STD even present so granted those shouldn't be ignored but let's just say few and far between yes. generally women are like well I'm bloody that's you know it's, it's nothing's going to happen so right. there's going to be a little blood it just means a little cleanup it's really if you think about it we do ass play I mean yes I clean out my ass if you were going to play and you knew you were bleeding you'd clean yourself too right. and and if there's a little blood or there's a little bit of yuck later, that's just part of the play, right? I mean, really? Right. That's what we're talking about. Right. Yeah, no, she she makes a, a, a scene out of it. She has all kinds of ideas about... She just makes stuff up. She's making stuff up. She has all kinds of ideas about what's going to happen to him or what's going to happen to her in, well, if and they th- have sex while I think... she's bleeding. And she's not really sure how much of it is accurate. I think it's also for women, it's a place of power yeah. in a time when women have very little power sexually. And women hang on to that poker chip, if you will, really hardcore because they, because it is power. It's you being able to deny. Right. 
even if you wanted sex, but you could deny someone else. And that's right. a power move. Right. And when you take away the reason behind that, that's upsetting to a lot of women. Like right. women will get adamantly animated about this, yeah. even with other women. Because yeah. I've called friends on it and said, come on, don't be it. Right. You know, that's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. The other really interesting conversation that this chapter included that sort of ended with this was this idea of her being hypnotically induced by him. Yeah, well, and he and is a psychologist. He, a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist, Yeah, he's me. a psychiatrist. And there was a point where she relates how he says to her, just close your eyes, you're going into a deep sleep. Suggestible. You're going deeper yep. and deeper, you know, just very suggestible yep. in this whole sort of hypnotic space between wakefulness and sleepfulness yeah. and, and sleepiness. And so, you know, it's interesting because the chapter opens with him grabbing her by the head and demanding that she talk. And during that experience of her talking to him, which they do about once a week, she said, yep. regularly, he's very tolerant of her, the way she lays on him. And like a little kid would uses be. Him. Yeah, just kind of clams all over him. Yeah. And at the same time, when he's examining her, he just tells her just to go back to sleep and hypnotizes her back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so there's like this whole sort of higher level of control that he has over her. Yes, I agree. That she's very susceptible to. Like yeah. She really... Well, she says later, even now as I read this or write yeah, this... Yeah, this was years later. She's like, I feel just a the calming, head. sleepy effects of just remembering yeah. his words. Yeah, so it's like he's hypnotically in, like, seduced her in a yeah. way. You know, so if you go back to the beginning of this book, it starts off with him raping her, just taking her. Yeah. And every sort of scene that happens after that involves him objectifying her as a little and then using her the way that he wants to and mm-hmm. taking her when he wants to. And right. He's just being very much unconcerned about her interest in the experience. Like, it's all about his experience. Mm-hmm. He has, there's no real communication. No. Like he's no. not inquiring about who she is. As well, he's not trying to get to know her, per se. Not, he's not really. just he's, letting her He is babble. and he isn't. He's, letting, he's getting to know her, but not because he's interested. He's getting to know her because he's interested in how he can control her. Well, yeah, it's a leverage point. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that. There's not a, an intentional interest in her as a person. Because yeah. he's objectifying her all the time. Right. And he's using her for his needs. Yeah. Now she's into it because she's kind of playing this other side of the coin with him. But it's fascinating because, you know, as we haven't gotten to the end of the book, but we do know based on the author that this was a brief this was a brief period in her life, and it didn't last. It didn't last, and it impacted her her whole life. Her whole life. So that's why I'm saying. Right. It's fascinating to to get through this book to find out what's next. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and these, you know, again, I, I just can't reiterate this. These are really short chapters. That oh, was, it's an easy read. Yeah, yeah. It's like a pamphlet more than a book in a yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, at the same time, there's a lot of in- curious, kinky kind of interest in it. Yeah. I know that I'm 
pretty interested in what happens next. Like I want to read. I am too. Book. Like when we get done the chapter, I'm like, okay, now I gotta wait a week. You know, yeah. you know. But uh, it builds up excitement when we do read, yeah. and be able to li- and really li- listen for what we're hearing in their dynamic. Yeah, I really think that you read this book differently as somebody who's in a kink dynamic mm-hmm. than you do as somebody who's not kinky. Oh yeah. Like if you weren't kinky, you'd read this book with like a sh- bit of horror. I would imagine horror, maybe titillation, maybe titillation. I'm more looking at it as identifying the different parts of their dynamic and and their kinks and fetishes yeah. as they reveal themselves because that is a common listening for kinksters you yeah. know to hear that and you're you're listening for yourself in things too yeah I'm, i listen for that and I, i'm also listening to this story about their dynamic and comparing it to our dynamic exactly you know exactly so I, I, so I listen to her describing being used and objectified and mm-hmm. being turned into a little and not mm-hmm. really experiencing him being concerned about her humanity. Mm-hmm. And I think about how our dynamic has evolved in a completely different direction. It's interesting. Even today, we had really hot sex. Again. And it was a high protocol scene. So, But it's interesting because we deeply care for one another and we're very responsible when we're in scene for each of our parts that we're in yeah and like today i wore the gas mask and that's a way to objectify me totally but we don't lose that humanity right so i've never really thought about it until now when we're talking about this that sometimes the mask or the hiding of the face and things is the is that dehumanizing objectification kind of thing you're just using me i'm this vessel right yes but i never feel disconnected from you and i don't and i certainly don't feel humiliated and and i know that sometimes objectification is the goal is is humiliation humiliation, whether that causes mm, frustration to the little or the sub or whether that's desired by the little or sub depending on what the dominance goal is there, right? And based on their agreements, too. But I never, I don't know what humiliation is not my thing. Like, there's not many things to humiliate me because I don't really give a crap that much about what other people think. And a lot of times humiliation comes from your own morals and what others might perceive of you and things like that you're worried about looking good right and i'm not saying i don't ever have never been that way i definitely have been that way because i'm human however i've been remarkably my whole life not as concerned as my friends or my family or anyone else around me i've always been chastised like yeah don't do that that people will think this and i was like i don't care what why would that matter so i have a little bit of that in me anyway so that even sometimes when we do uh, coaching online dom- domination for some submissives online, I think of something to do that would be, because they're into humiliation, something that would be humiliating task. Sometimes they think it's not enough, but a lot of times they think, I can't do that. Right. And I'm always like, wow, really? That doesn't sound that bad of a thing that I offered you to do. Oh, I can't do that. There's no way I could do that. And I would be like, wow. Yeah. Yes. So people's threshold on humiliation different, is yeah. completely different. Yeah, I, you know the when you when you wear the gas mask, it does 
alter the experience. Oh yeah, because you can't. My, my face it's is getting, obviously changed. Right. I'm in this. What I've told you before, it feels like I'm almost in a different room yeah. because of the space on the mask. It's yeah. not just against me where my eyes are coming out of the mask and right. I'm looking into the world. It, there's actually some space, yes. so I feel like I'm in this room, and you can't hear me no. as much. No, you're very muffled. Or I make elephant noises. You make elephant noises, right? <laughs> yeah, with the trunk. Yeah. No, it's it's very interesting. You are you are indeed otherized. Yeah. But I'm very connected to you personally. Oh yeah, and I know, and I never lose sense of that. Yeah. And I think that's because I'm not connected to humiliation in that way. I think yeah. if I was. Or deeply, I guess, deeply into objectification. Right. Then maybe I would disconnect right. and be in that space. But I don't ever feel disconnected. No. no so, so what's interesting about our experience compared to their experience mm-hmm. is that like, we have a really intimate connection. Right. And they don't see They do to. not. And they don't communicate well. They don't communicate well. And... The further we get into the book, the more it occurs to me as if his interest is not at all in relationship, like zero. Yeah, I don't think it is. And, and what he's interested in is having a, it's a, power, a toy to use. Yeah, toy to use and have and having the information he needs to do to get what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's and all of it. You know, the the examining her the. Making her talk, the it's all—it's all power. It's all designed to give him access to controlling her. Yes, and you know he uses that to hypnotize her, and he toys with it. He—I he, think he tests all kinds of different things just to test his control over her. Yeah, and clearly he has control over her. Yes, he does. He does. Yeah, so. so it'll be interesting when we get to chapter eight. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that one too. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers!